you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sanger Molly says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to the Tuesday Takeover series. If you haven't gone back and listened to the interview that Megan had with Sherry, you definitely missed it. So go back and listen it. Thank God we have recorded that. And, and Megan is the founder of Lotus Growth. They're all about demand, revenue, and ABM. So Megan, first of all, thank you so much for doing this series. It means a lot to me. I don't know for the community too. It takes a lot of time to bring these people and interview. So first of all, thank you so much and, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Awesome. So I know you talked to Sherry last week and the whole theme is around ABM as a strategy. Uh, What is it this time and who are you bringing on for this second episode? Yeah. So this is an interview. So this is Nikki Fraser-Reed from Spigot. It's an episode that's near and dear to my heart because I actually have worked with Spigot on and off for years. So I know this company really well. So Spigot was recently acquired by PlanView, and I, I really got to see over the last couple of years how Nikki was able to take this company that was really in a niche space, in the innovation management space, a small company with a small tech stack, and really drive remarkable success for her company with a lot of focus. So it was just like a pleasure to do this interview and get to get into the details about you know how the, the company maintain focus on a core target account list literally over years and was able to achieve ABM success with a really lean tech stack. So I think a lot of companies and a lot of listeners are going to be able to learn a lot from this interview. I love that you said lean tech stack and still be focused on it. And that is pretty much the nirvana for most companies. I can't wait to dig into this. So let's go. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Meg. Yeah. Okay. So you and I have worked together before, but I'm interested if you can give me a quick overview of your role at Spigot and then also talk about what happened with Spigot recently. Absolutely. Yes. So I've been working in marketing for just over 10 years now, always with a focus primarily around demand generation. Most recently, I've been uh, in a role as Vice President of Marketing at Spigot. Um, My remit has been the broad end-to-end marketing spectrum, um, but really focused on demand generation, marketing operations, corporate communications. Spigot is an innovation management platform. It's an enterprise SaaS platform. And in December, we were acquired by PlanView, which is a work and resource management uh, company. That's very exciting. Yeah. So I know that one of the reasons why Spigot was really successful with its strategy is that you were very laser focused on your sort of account-based strategy. And I saw that you stayed with the same list of target accounts, sometimes over quarters and years. Can you talk a little bit about, especially for Spigot, where you had a very narrowly defined market? How did you come up with that target account list and what was the strategy there? Yes. Yeah, so essentially, the reason that we first decided to take an account-based marketing 
approach to, to our marketing operation was down to, down to being a relatively small team and having finite resource. Um, up until that point, we'd been um, really marketing to anyone and everyone within the enterprise space. So across multiple industries and varying levels of, of company size in terms of number of employees. So for us, identifying core target segments was, as I say, down to being a small team and, and prioritizing the resource that we had. We had a number of years worth of data. So our starting point was simply to look at where we converted opportunities at the highest rate, very simply. We looked at a number of different data points. And what we discovered is that we had eight clear high converting industries from our work today. And outside of that, uh, the industry, so outside of that top eight, the industries were taking up 39% of our time whilst only converting at a 2% conversion rate. Wow. That's remarkable. Of opportunities closed one. So there was a pretty significant difference there. So it was those top eight industries where we saw the much higher conversion rates, along with company sizes that formed the basis of our target account list that both marketing and sales would focus on in the future. And obviously, We've, in regular intervals, run those numbers again. Things change, industries change, just to make sure that we're still very much focusing on, on the right segments um, and that we're spending our, our, our time and our dollars in the right places. But what we found is that the, those top industries have remained at the top and have continued to warrant focus of our time. Oh, that's great. Did you use any additional tech to do that analysis or was it just Salesforce that you were working from and Salesforce reports? Yeah, the tech itself for the analysis was just Salesforce reports. Interesting. We had a number of years worth of data, so we were in a, a good position there. What I would say is that once we'd identified those target accounts, we then utilized um, other tech, things like data appending tools and lead to account matching tools to help us to then build out those target account records within our Salesforce instance and, and the contacts that we had against those so that we had a really solid database foundation in place for us to then go and run our uh, account-based marketing and sales uh, strategy with. Yeah. And then how did you, when you were shifting from a more broad-based strategy to a, a target account strategy, how did you deploy that strategy with all of your go-to-market teams within marketing and sales and probably customer success as well? What was the strategy to get everyone on board within the organization to really focus around that target account list? Yes. Well, first of all, I will say that it's not easy. <laughs> You've got a lot of people that need to be on board. With, with a change like this. Ultimately, it all came down to data. That's for me personally, that's how I work as well. But it was about exposing the data to the teams. You know, sales salespeople think and talk in numbers as it relates to their compensation. Right. So you know, if you can directly show them that, you know, 39% of their time was arguably being wasted on accounts within industries that just do not convert or convert at a very low rate, you start to see people, you know, light bulbs going off. Mm. <laughs> so it really was about exposing that data to communicate the reason for this and then continuing to, to share that on a regular basis in terms of progress as we actually started executing. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. So you were able to stick with a target account list 
for sometimes years at a time, and you really were laser focused on one specific industries. And how were you able to, to keep the whole team really focused on just working those accounts, especially because you're selling into the enterprise and the sales cycles are, are long? Yes. Well, for us, um, as you say, it's, it's enterprise businesses right? Um, and we're a relatively small company. So the good news is our target account list was around four and a half thousand accounts globally, which meant that there was, you know, there are more than enough companies there for our, our salespeople to going out, uh, to be going out to. So it's not as if it was a very small list and there was concern internally about us, you know, running through that or exhausting the list. That was definitely beneficial. And then I think, you know, as I already touched on, just continuing to share the data around the conversion rates as they were changing and improving through our, our focus on account-based marketing and account-based selling really benefited us there. But it just really was that transparency and visibility internally, um, as well as sharing, you know, where we were able to move the needle in marketing around the number of target accounts that we were penetrating on a quarterly or an annual basis. That's interesting. And then just operationally, how did you, did you have regular meetings with the sales team to specifically go over the account-based strategy or how did you keep everyone sort of aligned and on the same page with that? Yeah. When, when we first um, kicked this off, it was in line with the beginning of our year. So our previous CMO did a big presentation about it as part of sales kickoff to share, you know, the marketing strategy for the year. Following that, there were definitely were um, regular conversations and, and follow-up conversations around the strategy and, and also, you know, supporting sales tools that align to that. So, you know, where we were identifying certain industries that were our top converting industries, obviously backing that up by sharing not only the marketing programs, but the sales tools and the content that were being created around that as part of our initiative that the sales team could use as well as us. We also did change the the structure of uh, compensation for our um, SDR team so that it was really focused on on traction within those accounts specifically. So that obviously directly uh, incentivized them to focus in that area. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting with sales teams, right? Whatever you're, you're compensating for, they'll do. And so really changing the operations so that all the go-to-market teams are, are optimized and incentivized around an account-based strategy is really interesting. Yeah. And what, as I already touched on, you know, we, we've hired some or employed some very, very smart salespeople. They know that you know, what we're sharing is a smart way of them prioritizing their time as well as the marketing resource. So right. that data piece that I've mentioned a couple of times really was key. They've only got, you know, let's say eight, nine hours in their day, then they're, they're also going to focus on where they think and where they see that there's the most traction to be made. Right. Yeah. And speaking of, you touched a little bit on sales tools. Can you talk a little bit about the the marketing stack that you had? I know that that Spigot was able to deploy this really great ABM strategy with like minimal additional technology beyond sort of the core Marketo and Salesforce. But can you talk about any tools that you found really useful or maybe also why you decided not to sign with like an ABM vendor and what you were able to do with the really lean tech stack that you had? 
Yeah. So as a small company, we've always needed to be conservative with our marketing tech stack and really clever about where we invested in technology. And you know that's a challenge because there are a ton of different yeah. new platforms coming out and doing very, very exciting things. So you kind of have to check yourself sometimes and think, okay, is this right for us right now? And for us, our marketing budget was all one budget. So any money we spent on technology directed impacted our programs budget as mm-hmm. well. For us, as you mentioned, at the core of our our tech stack has always been Salesforce and Marketo. And we chose deliberately to invest in additional Marketo modules, such as Marketo RTP for ABM personalization and Marketo MPI for multi-touch attribution. And these were to add the additional layers and capabilities to the marketing organization. We've deliberately tried to think about which tools provide us with you know, fascinating capabilities and insights, but capabilities and insights that we can truly utilize and action on. Right. And we actually made, we did run a a pilot with an ABM platform at the very beginning of our ABM journey back in uh, 2016, I think it was. And what we realized is that whilst there were a ton of different things that we could do, or there was a lot of different data in there around accounts engaging, it was just a little bit premature for us. And it was interesting information that didn't make a difference to the day-to-day impact of our organization, our marketing organization. Right. But then, so on top of Marketo and Salesforce, I already mentioned that we, we looked at, or we utilize lead appending and lead to account matching tools. These are things that we've invested in because they've been key to reducing sales administration time. Mm. So where we have invested, it's been very much around, you know, being as efficient as we possibly can as a team right now to enable us to scale in the future. And then we've obviously been keeping on top of the new players in the MarTech space, especially around account-based marketing and having things on our radar for when we get to that point that we can invest a little more or looking at lower level capabilities to, to help get us started. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about, because you didn't have like an additional ABM analytics platform on top of Salesforce and Marketo, can you talk a little bit about how you measured the account-based engagement without additional tech? Yeah. So uh, the very basis of what we were doing in, or what we've been doing in account-based marketing, um, we wanted to understand target account penetration. So at the very top of the funnel, how many of our target accounts are we engaging on a quarter to quarter and year to year basis? And that was really something that was very simply a Salesforce report that we we were able to set up, you know, back in 2016. And that's still a report I look at today. That is, you know, the top of funnel benchmark around, are we actually engaging people? Um, Outside of that, we've invested in the past couple of years in, in some tools I mentioned Marketo MPI, which stands for Marketo Performance Insights for multi-touch attribution. This has given us that additional layer to help us to understand which of the channels and the content that we've been utilizing over the past year, two years, have been influencing our pipeline and whereabouts in the sales and marketing funnel. So we've layered on some, some additional capabilities through other tools, but At the core, I think Salesforce and Marketo have some good foundational reports that you can set up if you're not able to invest in something else. 
Yeah, that that's interesting. I think it also depends on having good operations people that can really pull in the information that you need into Salesforce. Yeah, I, I do think the most important thing is as you set out on your ABM journey, thinking early on about how are you going to think about measuring success? Yeah. You're going to completely redefine the funnel and think, you know, rather than thinking in MQL as in marketing qualified lead terms, thinking MQA, marketing qualified accounts, Mm -hmm. or is that getting a little too far ahead? You know, thinking through what those very core metrics are going to be and at least setting up what you can to measure and give you that, that benchmark or that baseline to compare to, um, you know, in your initial six months, year, or um, whatever that time frame looks like. Yeah, when you were moving to build off of that, moving from marketing qualified leads to marketing qualified accounts, what were some of the criteria or KPIs that you used to really deter? Because I think this is it's something that a lot of organizations are working on right now. What's some of the criteria that you used to qualify a, a marketing qualified account? Yes. So what I would say is that this is very recent, right? This has actually been with the acquisition by PlanView. And I think it it may look different for every company. Um, We've been able to utilize additional platforms as part of the the larger PlanView team, things like Engageo. And with that, you know, we've been able to look at things like if we get X number of individuals from a target account, Mm -hmm. then engaging with our content, then that would make it a marketing qualified account, for example. But I think, again, it goes back to really thinking through what makes sense for your company and then how are you going to use that? Do you have an ADR team specifically focused on your account-based marketing strategy that's going to be following up and focusing on those marketing qualified accounts? If not, then it may not be quite time to, to completely change your sales and marketing funnel. Right. And it's like, it's beyond just changes in marketing. Those changes have to be with all the go-to-market teams if you want to be successful with an account-based strategy. Absolutely. And I, in fact, I hate the phrase account-based marketing. Right. Like it is purely a marketing initiative and it's really not. This needs to be something that is completely bought into um, by the sales teams, especially and that everyone understands why this approach is being taken and how it's going to impact them and how, how processes within the sales team need to change um, or may need to change as part of this as well. Yeah. So I think you've given a lot of great advice, but do you have any advice for like smaller companies that would want to get started with an account-based strategy? Where do you even start with developing account-based strategy if you don't have a huge budget to, you know, deploy a bunch of ABM campaigns and measurement and tools and all of that stuff, where would you start? Well, I think, you know, it sounds obviously obvious, but start with the data Mm. and start without any kind of thoughts or ideas around what account-based marketing looks like for your organization until you understand what that data is telling you. Mm. Uh, For us, as I said, we, we were lucky in that we had a good number of years worth of data. It gave us some very, very clear Um, indicators in terms of where we needed to focus or where there was opportunity for us to focus, but really see what that looks like for your company. Mm. Um, And then I think the general advice that I would give for account-based marketing as a whole is be realistic and try and make sure that you right-size ABM for your level of maturity and your company, your marketing resource. It's really easy to get overexcited and carried away 
especially when there are so many great tools out there that allow you to target on some slightly scary things or, or deliver, you know, such personalized experiences. But think about what's scalable for your team right. and will allow you to actually increase impact rather than limiting it by focusing too much on specific companies or segments and getting too specific. For example, you know, if, if you're going to go and, and do true one-to-one account-based marketing where you're executing a campaign or a program that may take a month to get up and running because of all of the, the background research and analysis that's, that's really needed to execute that kind of campaign, just think through, is that a scalable approach for your company? Mm. Or realistically, if that's going to take one month's time from one person, does that really mean that you're only going to be able to execute nine of those campaigns across a quarter if you have three, uh, three reps? Mm-hmm. Uh, within your, you know, focused on account-based marketing within your team. So just, just think about what is the right size for you and your, and your company to make sure that this becomes about increasing efficiency and not limiting your impact. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really good point because I also, I see a lot of teams get very excited about tech and, and then they sink a lot of time into tech in- implementations that actually, that teams are spinning and spending a lot of cycles on implementations and then not really fully leveraging that tech to be more successful. Yeah. So that's really good advice that if you, if you let your account-based strategy, it'll actually make you less efficient in some ways. And so just to, to know what will work for your organization. Yeah. And I give this, this advice having learned the hard way <laughs> and having fallen, yeah. fallen into some of these, these kind of danger zones in the past and, and luckily right. being able the course correct very quickly, but it's right. easy to do when there's so much out there that you can be doing. So right. just, you know, take it step by step and, and don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. So where do you see opportunities for scaling ABM programs next? Like what technology are you excited about? What are you excited to work on next? Well, I think once you've got the foundations in place, the technology piece is the the really key area for enabling you to scale. Mm-hmm. I've already touched on, you know, that there are some some crazy exciting tools out there. So I think for me, it is looking at how you can expand what you're already doing, utilizing um, account-based marketing platforms, whatever they look like for you. I think the piece that I find personally very exciting is um, how you can layer on top of your account-based marketing function, um, intent-based data, Mm. um, and how you can use that not only to help prioritize where where you're spending your time and your sales time even further, but also how you can now layer that on top of certain platforms for getting even more granular with your targeting. So I'm using data from platforms like Bombora to, to target very specific accounts in a certain time frame knowing that not only do they fit your target account criteria as being top converting segments, but also that the accounts themselves are showing intent um, to buy or, or, or that they're getting ready to buy and investing in, in something like the product that you're selling. So I, I think that's really interesting. It's not something that I've done a lot of yet, but I think there's a huge opportunity there that this presents to marketers. Yeah. That is really interesting. And yeah, just to allow you to be more efficient 
with your marketing resources and marketing spend, the amount of data that's available now is uh, pretty amazing. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nikki, thank you so much. That's, that's what I have for you today. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.